0: Welcome back, everyone, to 1001 Heroes, Legends, Histories, and Mysteries Podcast. This is your host, John Hagedorn, and it's great to have you with us. One of the most fascinating unsolved mysteries to me is that of time travel. Can someone really travel backward or forward through time? Has it been done before, and how would it be possible? This question has fascinated scientists and laymen for centuries, and been the subject of countless books and movies. Theories abound, and the level of interest seems to be growing all the time. In November of 2000, a man calling himself John Teeter, actually Time Traveler Zero, got the Internet excited when he claimed to have come from the year 2036 to help save the world, and stated that he had recently stopped in Rochester, Minnesota, to pick up the only existing computer that could accomplish that, an IBM 5100. He posted that on a little-known Internet discussion board called the Time Travel Institute Forum. Greetings, he wrote. I am a time traveler from the year 2036. I'm on my way home after getting an IBM 5100 computer system from the year 1975. He had, he said, made a side trip to 2000 to pick up some family photos and check in on family in Tampa and Rochester. That introduction, posted to the kind of paranormal, extraterrestrial conspiracy theory message boards that were just finding a foothold on the Internet 20 years ago, would set off a four-month flurry of what and what-ifs, as Teeter answered numerous questions, told Internet viewers about his life in 2036, and gave us glimpses into our own future. If it was a hoax, and of course most people assume it was, it was an entertaining one, a brilliant one, and one which is still being debated today. Over the next four months, Teeter's 570 or so Internet posts would describe an upcoming civil conflict over a U.S. presidential election. It warned us about a mad cow disease outbreak. And it told us about the impending nuclear war with Russia. On March 24th of 2001, John Teeter signed off. He was heading back to 2036. Bring a gas can with you when the car dies on the side of the road, he wrote. Farewell, John. But the John Teeter phenomenon was not over. It was, in fact, just beginning. Because those four months, those 570 or so posts, would lead to a website Titor, com. Numerous books like John Teeter: A Time Traveler's Tale, a movie Time Traveler Zero, a stage play Time Traveler Zero Zero, and a video game Steins Gate. Those posts would eventually lead to private investigations and lawsuits, and we'll cover all that plus John Teeter's predictions in this story. But first, let's define time travel and look into the history of the time travel phenomena. Time travel is defined as the concept of movement between certain points in time, analogous to movement between different points in space by an object or a person, typically with the use of a hypothetical device known as a time machine. Time travel is a widely recognized concept in philosophy and fiction, particularly science fiction. The idea of a time machine was popularized by H.G. Wells' 1895 novel, The Time Machine, which we've scheduled soon for our podcast, 1001 Stories for the Road. At this time in our history, scientists are uncertain if time travel to the past is physically possible. Forward time travel, outside the usual sense of the perception of time, is an extensively observed phenomenon and well understood within the framework of special relativity and general relativity. In physics, the special theory of relativity is a scientific theory regarding the relationship between space and time. Anyone who has studied physics in high school or college will probably be glad to share an opinion on the possibility or not of forward or backward time travel. They might also tell you that, as for backward time travel, it is possible to find solutions in general relativity that allow for it, such as a rotating black hole. Traveling to an arbitrary point in space-time and being able to stop there has very limited support in theoretical physics and is usually connected only with quantum mechanics or wormholes. Early science fiction stories feature characters who sleep for years and awaken in a change to society or are transported to the past through supernatural means. Among them you'll find The Year 2440, A Dream If Ever There Was One Written in 1770 by Louis-Sebastien Mercier Rip Van Winkle, written in 1819 by Washington Irving, which, by the way, you'll find in our 1001 Classic Short Stories and Tales archives. Looking Backward in 1888, written in 1888 by Edward Bellamy, and When the Sleeper Awakes in 1899 by H.G. Wells, and I'm going to be checking that one out. Prolonged sleep, like the later more familiar time machine, is used as a means of time travel in these stories. It's also important to note that a common objection to the idea of traveling back in time is put forth in the grandfather paradox, or the argument of auto-infanticide. Here's the argument. If one were able to go back in time, inconsistencies and contradictions would ensue if the time traveler were to change anything. There is a contradiction if the past becomes different from the way it is. The paradox is commonly described with a person who travels to the past and kills their own grandfather. Preventing the existence of their father or mother, and therefore their own existence. Philosophers question whether these paradoxes prove time travel impossible. Some philosophers answer the paradoxes by arguing that it might be the case that backward time travel could be possible, but that it would be impossible to actually change the past in any way, an idea similar to the proposed Novikov self consistency principle in physics. In other words, you would be more like a ghost than a human unable to have an effect upon anything. You could definitely learn things, but you would not be able to interact or create anything, or take anything with you, or leave anything behind. To me, that would make an interesting table conversation for the family, in addition to the legend of John Teeter, maybe after watching Back to the Future. I think that covers the background on time travel, at least for now. We'll get to the John Teeter story right after these sponsor messages. And now, back to our story. According to John, this is our planet's future, from his perspective, at least in the year 2000. A second civil war will splinter America into five factions, leaving the new capital based in Omaha. World War III breaks out in 2015, beginning with Russia and the U.S. trading nukes and ending with 3 billion dead. And then, to top it all off, a computer bug delivers where Y2K failed, destroying our world as we know it unless John Teeter can successfully traverse the space-time continuum to change the course of future history. John claimed he was a soldier sent from the year 2036, the year a computer virus wiped the world. For pure audacity, you have to give him credit for his story, although he missed, thankfully, on World War III. He said he'd stop by in 2000 to check in with us and get a little R&R while visiting his three-year-old self, thus ignoring every fabric of time paradox rule from time travel stories. And warn us how to cope with our futures. He did this by climbing onto a message board at the Time Travel Institute, announcing that he was on his way back to 1975 in order to snatch and grab an IBM 5100 computer which had the necessary equipment to fight the future computer virus. Over the next four months, as he hung around in the years 2000 and 2001, Tita responded to every question other posters had, describing future events in parables always submitting with a general disclaimer that alternate realities do exist. So his reality, he said, might not be our own. In between dire urgings to learn first aid and stop eating beef, Mad Cow was a serious threat in his reality. Teeter provided a number of technical specs regarding how time travel works, using overly complex algorithms and grainy, hard-to-make-out photos of his time travel machine. I know what you're thinking. Grainy photos just don't cut it. "'But here's what I'm thinking. "'If you made it past the first few paragraphs of this story, "'you were hoping that maybe, just maybe, "'there was a grain of truth in all this. "'Because isn't that what we all want? "'A chance to have a look at the past or the future? "'His time machine, a 1987 Chevy Suburban. "'I wonder if he had a spare flux capacitor on board. "'In one of his earliest posts, Teeter explained, "'In 2036, I live in central Florida with my family.' and I'm currently stationed at an army base in Tampa. The people that survived the Civil War and then the limited nuclear conflict with Russia grew closer together. Life is centered on the family and then the community. I cannot imagine living even a few hundred miles away from my parents. He was, he said, a member of a military unit, the 177th Temporal Recon Unit whose mission centered around returning to the past to retrieve specific items necessary for survival in 2036. Teeter's current mission? As we've already stated, to travel to Rochester, Minnesota in the year 1975 and to retrieve the then-new IBM 5100, arguably the first portable computer. He was chosen for the mission, he said, because his grandfather had been on that IBM 5100 team. The 5100, Teeter said, was needed to debug various legacy code computer programs in 2036. He described a very simple and unique feature that IBM had that had been removed from any future desktop computers. In order to take advantage of this feature, the 5100 required a couple of special tweaks that had to be done by one of the software engineers in 1975. Anyone who's familiar with this feature will be able to tell you what it is, he said. Now, if you think that was pure BS, it wasn't. One journalist-investigator wrote, "'That unique feature, that secret function, existed, and a man we spoke with helped create it. The specifics here are probably irrelevant to all but the biggest computer geeks, but the 5100 featured an interface between the assembly code surrounding the computer's ROM exterior and the 360 emulator hidden beneath it. It was called, "'A Dramatic Step Forward,' And IBM kept it quiet. The IBM men he interviewed believed that John Teeter could be a creation of one of his IBM team members from the 1970s. But when that investigator showed him Teeter's posts, he said the info was derived from information available on the Internet. No members of that 5100 team, he said, would use the phrase legacy code. In 2008 and 2009, the Italian investigative TV show Voyager, and then the website Hoax Hunter, launched separate investigations into John Teeter. They hired private investigators. They staked out P.O. boxes and geolocated IP addresses. Separately, the groups came to the conclusion that John Teeter was actually Maury Haber, now the chief technology officer at Beyond Trust, an identity protection company. Or Maury's brother, Florida entertainment lawyer Lawrence Haber. Or Maury's older brother, John Rick Haber, a computer scientist. More issued a statement. Just to set the record straight, I am not John Teeter, nor do I know who he is or if he really exists. This is an alias bestowed upon me on the Internet by conspiracy theorists, fact-finders, and fanatics. It also represents the most bizarre case of identity impersonations and accusations I have seen in my 25-plus year career as a security and information technology professional. My identity has been stolen, linked, "'by threat actors on the Internet who claim I am John Teeter, Maury said. "'The attack vectors that it created are undeniably intense "'and clouded in the lore of the World Wide Web itself.'" Maury's brother Lawrence Haber says, "'The Teeter experience has brought him fame, fear, new relationships, and never fortune.'" "'As an entertainment attorney, "'I've been involved in hundreds of different projects with all sorts of clients.'" Being involved with Teeter has brought me more recognition and headaches than anything else I've ever worked on. Regardless of the many theories out there about who John Teeter is, I still don't know for sure who the time traveler from 2036 was, says Lawrence. It's not me, it's not my son, nor is it my brother. I know only one person who claims to have been in direct contact with John. In the back of my mind, I've always had the nagging thought, this could all be true. If John Teeter did not time travel, the perpetrating of the legend was an impressive undertaking that developed a substantive amount of creative man-hours and ingenuity, says Mike Swab, author of Who Authored the John Teeter Legend? Teter was fascinating because he stuck around and talked to people. It was the first time any conspiracy theory was truly interactive, says Jacob Desjarlais, producer of the Crackpot podcast. We learned a serious lesson about the persistence of conspiracy, said Desjardins. Even after several decades of debunking, reality checks, and investigations, Teeter persists, and all it took was a little bit of insider knowledge about the 5100 computer model and declaring the timelines alter a little when you jump around. Then there were the predictions. Teeter wrote, "'The civil war in the United States will start in 2004. I would describe it as having a Waco-type event every month that steadily gets worse.' The year 2008 was a general date by which time everyone will realize the world they thought they were living in was over. And this, a world war in 2015 killed nearly 3 billion people after a limited nuclear strike between the U.S. and Russia. Simply by traveling back in time, Teeter said, I have created a new world line, distinct from the one in which I grew up. His presence here, maybe his warnings, had created a temporal divergence that changed the future on this world line. The longer I'm here, he said, the longer that divergence becomes. I don't expect anyone to believe me, wrote John Teeter, and I have nothing to sell. Somehow, twenty years after his first appearance, people still do believe John Teeter, and he still has nothing to sell, said Desjarlais. One of the greatest lessons Teeter can teach us is that you can create an entire reality around a few facts and a person who can post and respond to questions online. It doesn't matter how outrageous your claims are or what you're selling. And Teeter did that. He sounds like, well, one of us. He doesn't pretend to know everything. Even his time machine seems just ridiculous enough to be plausible. He uploaded a few photos and schematics. The info contained just enough real science to pass the eye test. "'My time machine is a stationary mass temporal displacement unit "'manufactured by General Electric,' he explained. "'The unit is powered by two top-spin dual-positive singularities "'that produce a standard offset Tipler sinusoid. "'It was housed in the trunk of a 1967 Chevy Corvette convertible "'and then later moved to a Chevy truck. "'The idea was to find a vehicle that would not draw too much attention "'for the time period,' he said. He was, he said, just stopping off in Tampa and Rochester in 2000 to pick up some old family photos, to check in on some family members, to take a break. Then he had to drive back to Tampa in 2001 to travel to Tampa in 2036. The machine only moved through time, not space. "'I am not a physicist,' Teter wrote. "'Time travel is only a tool that allowed me to do my job. Most airline pilots are probably not aerospace engineers.' He answered questions. Does time travel affect you physically? No, I'm not aware of any physical change to my DNA. I do, however, seem to be more susceptible to colds. He talked about his life in 2036. I suppose an average day in 2036 is like an average day on the farm. I live in a community made up of tree houses on a large river in Florida. The river floods sometimes and we have access to the Gulf. "'Most of our neighbors make a living off the sea "'or by moving cargo by boat. "'He even chastises. us. "'Perhaps I should let you all in on a little secret,' he wrote. "'No one likes you in the future. "'This time period is looked at as being full of lazy, "'self-centered, civically ignorant sheep. "'Perhaps you should be less concerned about me "'and more concerned about that. "'And as I read this, I thought, "'Civically ignorant sheep. Interesting.' I take that as meaning that most people don't understand the workings of government or the power of the freedoms given to us by our Constitution, that they're perfectly happy allowing the government to dictate their daily lives, issuing mandates regarding their movements and activities, taking away their jobs at will. Even as a hoaxer, Teeter seemed to display an eerily accurate knowledge of a great majority of people. On March 24th of 2001, he loaded the IBM 5100 into the 1967 Chevy Corvette He made that final post, maybe for his own benefit. Bring a gas can with you when the car dies on the side of the road. Then presumably left Rochester. Maybe drove south down Broadway to catch 52 South to I-90 East to head back to Florida. To head back to 2036. And John Teeter was gone, if he was ever here. There have been some famous time travelers, or people who purported to be time travelers, and these are a few of the best known. First, there was the time-traveling hipster. It's a photograph from 1941, deemed to be genuine. It shows a guy in what appears to be modern clothing, modern sunglasses, a printed T-shirt, attending the opening of a bridge in Gold Bridge, British Columbia. Every man standing near him had a 1940-style top hat on, except for this guy, and no one else was wearing sunglasses. So it did make him look very out of place, or or very ahead of his times but researchers looked at it and determined the sunglasses had been around since the 20s, and the shirt is probably a sweater with a sewn-on emblem, maybe from the now-defunct Montreal Maroons ice hockey team. And that tiny camera hanging from his neck? Kodak was producing those by 1940 as well. I have seen the picture, and he does look about 15 years ahead of his time. Then there was the ancient astronaut. In the early 1990s, reports surfaced of a recently discovered sculpture, apparently showing an astronaut at a cathedral in Salamanca, Spain, a cathedral dating back to 1513. The cathedral, though, was renovated in 1992, and artist Hieronimo Garcia de Quinones added a modern touch to a new sculpture. Then there was the mummy wearing adidas. In 2016, archaeologists unearthed an ancient mummy who had died maybe a thousand years ago, high in the mountains of Mongolia, wearing boots over her adidas. Not exactly. The boot material and style matched the era, and the woman was probably a seamstress, and she was found with a sewing and embroidery kit, an ancient clutch bag, a mirror, a comb, a knife, and more. Then there's the Moberly-Jourdain incident, or the Ghosts of Petit Trianon, or Versailles, which refers to claims of time travel and hauntings made by Charlotte Anne Moberly and Eleanor Jourdain. In 1911, Moberly and Jourdain published a book entitled An Adventure, under the names of Elizabeth Morrison, and Francis Lamont. Their book describes a visit they made to the Petit Trianon, a small chateau in the grounds of the Palace of Versailles, where they claimed they saw ghosts, including Marie Antoinette and others. Their story caused a sensation, and it was subject to much ridicule. That book again was titled An Adventure, under the names Morrison and Lamont, for those of you who want to check it out. There's a very interesting side story which I found while researching John Teeter that I wanted to share with you, and that's the story of the Dodleston Messages. This event occurred in 1984 before most of us had heard the words You've got mail in the tranquil little community of Dodleston, England. The event, as retold by Ken Webster, involved an old BBC microcomputer processor that Ken was borrowing on weekends from the IT department at his school. Ken was sharing a cottage with roommates Nicola Bagley and Debbie Oakes, They were returning to the cottage one evening when Ken saw a green light pulsing in the unlit cottage, causing him to hurry inside to turn it off. He didn't want to leave it on for long periods of time, and he had forgotten to turn it off. In the year 1984, personal computers were rare, expensive commodities, and the clunky beige BBC with its minuscule black screen was worth its weight in gold. But as Ken rushed to power it off, he noticed words glowing green on the computer screen, words that neither of them had written. Ken, Debbie, Nick. True are the nightmares of a person that fears. Safe are the bodies of the silent world. Turn, pretty flower, turn towards the sun, for you shall grow and sow. But the flower reaches too high and withers in the burning light. This strange poem was the first of what would become known in the paranormal community as the Doldleston Messages. As detailed in Ken's book, The Vertical Plane, The first signs of paranormal activity in the cottage began early. Ken wrote that he noticed a peculiar set of spindly six-toed footprints that seemed to walk directly up the wall and through the ceiling. Chalking them up to grime in an old house, he painted over them, only to have them reappear the following day. Shortly afterward, Debbie, Ken, and Nick began routinely discovering cans, bottles, and various other small household goods stacked in precarious towers, sometimes reaching over four feet high. The trio figured that it must be a housewarming prank courtesy of their local friends, and though they were unsettled, they quickly put the strange trash configurations out of their minds. Two months after the strange poem appeared, Ken, Nick, and Debbie returned from a drive to find a mysterious computer file saved as REATE, R-E-A-T-E, all in caps. Within, they found a message. What strange words thou speak! Although, I must confess that I hath also been ill-schooled. "'Sometimes, methinks, alterations are somewhat barful, "'for they break many asleeps in mine bed. "'I hath seen many alterations, "'lastly charge house and thy home. "'Tis a fitting place with lights which devil maketh.'" Frightened and confused, Ken brought this message to his colleague Peter Trinder, a teacher of medieval literature, who, according to the vertical plane, was convinced that it was written in Old English. The group interpreted the mention of devil-lights to mean the computer, as described by someone with no concept of communication technology. As the year continued, the messages kept appearing on the computer. The sender revealed his name to be Lucas, L-U-K-A-S, and said he lived in the same cottage as the roommates, but in the year 1521, which, by the way, is several hundred years too late to be speaking what's thought of as Old English. But that's not the weirdest part of the story. Lucas initially believed that Ken nick and debbie were demons or ghosts citing paranormal activity that occurred in his home similar to what the roommates were experiencing in 1984-85 in short each party thought the other was a ghost the society for psychical research a paranormal investigation agency in the united kingdom came to investigate ken's claims three times but found no evidence of spirit activity within that home Today, the Dodleston messages continue to baffle paranormal investigators. Were they the result of a time slip, the work of a cunning poltergeist, or simply one of the first examples of a computer hoax? According to Eric Davis, author of Tegnosis, Myth, Magic, and Mysticism in the Age of Information, the Dodleston messages continued an age-old trend. Modern communications technologies have always been haunted, he says. The spiritualists of the 19th century believed they had discovered an occult telegraph that allowed them to talk to loved ones in the hereafter. So it shouldn't be surprising that home computers were perceived as portals to other realms, especially early on when the emerging forms of communication and self-reflection were still novel and disruptive. The story got weirder. According to Ken's book, The Vertical Plane, Nick, Ken, and Debbie told Lucas they were from 1984, confusing the ghost who said he had assumed they were from the year 2109, like others who had visited. He spoke of, and through the computer, allowed the trio to speak also, members of the 2109 collective, supposedly from the distant future, who had visited to set up a time link within the cottage. Lucas continued his messages until March 21, 1985, when he claimed that the other citizens of Dodleston had accused him of witchcraft for his communications with the roommates. He planned to flee after receiving threats that the villagers planned to kill him and burn his house. It is good to know that all will change and there are true men to follow like Ken and Peter, though 400 years is a long time and there is much to happen to mankind, Lucas wrote. It is sad that men must learn righteousness from their ugly ways. The roommates never heard from him or 2109 ever again. John Teeter stayed online for four months beginning in November of 2000. He answered every question that was posted to him. I'll give you a few weeks' worth from November here and let you check out the remainder at JohnTeeter.com. T-I-T-O-R. Among the first questions was, What does traveling in time look like? The unit has a ramp-up time after the destination coordinates are fed into the computers. An audible alarm and a small light start a short countdown, at which point you should be secured in a seat. The gravity field generated by the unit overtakes you very quickly. You feel a tug toward the unit, similar to rising quickly in an elevator, and it continues to rise based on the power setting the unit is working under. At 100% power, the constant pull of gravity can be as high as 2 G's or more, depending on how close you are to the unit. There are no serious side effects, but I try to avoid eating before a flight. No bright flash of light is seen. Outside, the vehicle appears to accelerate as the light is bent around it. We have to wear sunglasses or close our eyes, as this happens due to a short burst of ultraviolet radiation. Personally, I think it looks like you're driving under a rainbow. After that, it appears to fade to black and remains totally black until the unit is turned off. We are advised to keep the windows closed as a great deal of heat builds up outside the car. The gravity field also traps a small air pocket around the car that acts as your only O2 supply unless you bring compressed air with you. This pocket will only last for a short period and a carbon sensor tells us when it's too dangerous. The C204 unit is accurate from 50 to 80 years a jump and travels at about 10 years an hour at 100% power. You do hear a slight hum as the unit operates and when the power change is on, the unit turns off. There's a great deal of electrical crackling noise from static electricity. Question. What are your memories of 2036? I remember 2036 very clearly. It is difficult to describe 2036 in detail without spending a great deal of time explaining why things are so different. In 2036, I live in central Florida with my family, and I'm currently stationed at an army base in Tampa. A world war in 2015 killed nearly 3 billion people. The people that survived grew closer together. Life is centered on the family and then the community. I cannot imagine living even a few hundred miles away from my parents. There is no large industrial complex creating masses of useless food and recreational items. Food and livestock is grown and sold locally. People spend much more time reading and talking together face to face. Religion is taken seriously, and everyone can multiply and divide in their heads. Question. Will you show us more of the operations manual for your time machine? I will consider it but I do not expect they are worth anything to most people except as a curiosity. Question. If you met yourself on another world line, what would happen? It has always surprised me why that concept is so hard for people to imagine and accept. Nothing would happen. The universe would not end, and there are no paradox problems that threaten existence. Temporal space-time is made up of every possible quantum state. The Everett-Wheeler model is correct. I have met and or seen myself twice on different world lines. The first was a training mission, and the second is now. I was born in 1998, so the other me is two on this world line. There is a saying where I come from. Every possible thing that can happen or will happen has already happened somewhere. Question. How is all world line different from yours? For starters, the fact that I am here makes it different. I've also noticed little things like news events that happen at different times, football games won by other teams, things like that. I would guess the temporal divergence between this world line and my original is about 1 or 2%. Of course, the longer I am here, the larger that divergence becomes from my point of view. What type of vehicle is in the picture you posted? It's a 1967 Chevrolet. Does your machine allow you to control time travel? Yes, it can be controlled. However, the distortion unit has operational limits. Imagine your path through time is through a cone. The farther away from the center of the cone, the more differences you will see in the world line. The C204 begins to break away at about 60 years. This means the level of confidence drops rapidly after 60 years of travel, and the world line divergence increases. In other words, if I wanted to go back 2,000 years and meet Christ there is a better than average chance it would end up on a world line where he was never born. The computer units and gravity sensors record your trip and you are quite easily able to return to your point of origin. I am aware that research is being done on faster units with more accurate clocks. I imagine they will be able to go back farther with a higher degree of divergence confidence. Question. Are you drawn back to your world line of origin for any reason? Is instability a problem for you? I'm not sure what you mean by stable. If you mean mentally, there are many things that bother me here, but being with my parents right now is important to me. Physically, the only thing really wrong is the number of colds I get. Question. Is radiation a problem? I'm not sure what radiation you mean. If you mean from the unit, it vents X-rays and gamma radiation out of the rear. As long as you stay away from that, you should be okay.' I keep a radiation detector with me to check my environment and make sure the unit isn't leaking. Question. What does the light look like when you time travel? The light bending only lasts a second. It's like driving under a tunnel and being in total black. Question. Do people know where you are? Can you communicate with your home? No. They do not know where I am and I cannot communicate with them. Interesting idea, though. From their point of view... I will return almost exactly the same moment I left. From their viewpoint, I will have only aged more than expected. Question. Is there anything to add about what time travel looks like? While the machine is on, everything is black. When the machine is turned off, it is the reverse effect. It appears you are driving out from a tunnel. To tell you the truth, I'm usually sleeping when the unit turns off, but yes, it does appear that the world fades in from black. What's the largest technical problem when traveling in time? The hard part of traveling through time is not the bending of gravity, but the plotting of your course and holding to the basic position in your environment. This is done through a system called BGL, Variable Gravity Lock. Basically, the unit takes a reading of the local gravity and samples it during the trip in pulses. If the gravity is too far off, the unit stops or reverses itself to the last sample period where the readings were correct. If there is some sort of failure, the unit shuts down and drops out, to wherever you may be. Are there any physical effects from the machine? The only real physical trace is a large chunk of ground missing from the point of origin and a large pile of dirt at the destination. The gravity field surrounds a small portion of the earth under you, and it takes it along for the ride. There is really no way around this. November sixth, two thousand 2000, 904. Perhaps it's a bit easier to understand why time travelers do not reveal themselves. Yes, you can travel forward in time. No, you do not need an invite from the future. I first saw the car in 2036. The idea was to find a vehicle that would not draw too much attention for the time period. Unfortunately, there were not very many suitable vehicles around in 2036, and I sold the car when I arrived in 2000. You do not rewrite history. I can only affect what happens here just as easily as you can. Why do people in this time period worry so much about the time travelers destroying their world line when they have no problem doing it themselves every day? My goal is not to be believed. Most people do not take news of the war very well, but I find that everyone believes it's inevitable. Even in your own history, are not great inventions and discoveries made during a time of war in your effort to kill and maim in new and more efficient ways? No, I do not work for GE or any other company. Are stock tips really the first thing you want to know about in the future? As a representative of your time period, do you realize what that says about you? You should probably know that this time is not remembered for its selflessness, charity, or ability to work together. Why would I want to talk to you? Why don't you believe you have something interesting or worthwhile to say to someone in the future? November 6, 2000 No, the ice caps are not melting any faster than they are now. There's also far less smog and industrial waste in 2036. November 6, 2000. You asked about the North Polar Ice Pack. I never said the environment wasn't a problem. Doesn't water expand when it freezes? If the polar ice cap melted, wouldn't sea level go down? I don't know if there's enough ice for this to make a difference, and I'm not an expert on global warming. November 6, 2000. Yes, I realize people become hostile. I don't expect anyone to believe me, and I have nothing to sell. I take no offense by it, just out of curiosity. If you were a time traveler, what do you think it would take to get people to believe you? I suppose we could agree that no particular era in history is famous for its development of humanity, but just once I would like to hear questions like, What is family life like in the future? How does society deal with poverty? Is AIDS, abortion, and drug use still a problem? Why don't I give you a stock tip, you ask? The money you make would dilute the intelligence and forethought that a smart person had in picking the stock all by themselves. If I told you how to get rich, I would be taking money from them and giving it to you. As to your question of getting back my proper universe, it's tricky but possible. Yes, another jump would take me to a different family. When traveling to other world lines, there is a system of clocks and gravity sensors in the machine that sample the environment before dropping out. It's called VGL, Veritable Gravity Lock. If a cement block were there, the machine would backtrack until it sensed relative congruity to the original gravity sample. A great deal of time and effort goes into picking just the right spot since you cannot physically move during a displacement. 10.13 p.m. Please keep in mind a couple of points as I answer your questions. First, I am not a physicist. Time travel is only a tool that allowed me to do my job. Most airline pilots are probably not aerospace engineers. Second, let me give you an example of the position we are in. Imagine you live in the year 1900, and a time traveler attempts to explain how a jet engine works. Even though the invention of the airplane is only a decade in the future, he would have to find some frame of reference to explain the basics of flight. Then he would have to outline the mechanics of how the engine works. As amazing as it would sound, the jet would be invented about 30 years later. Time travel is achieved by altering gravity. The concept is already proven by atomic clock experiments. The closer an observer is to a gravity source, high mass, the slower time passes for them. Traveling at high speeds mimics this effect, which equals the twin paradox of faster-than-light travel. However, this type of gravity manipulation is not sufficient to alter your world line. The basic math to alter world lines exists right now. Tipler first described a working time machine through his theory of massive rotating spheres. I apologize for the website, but it was the only one I could find quickly. Certain types of black holes also exhibit the time travel abilities of Tipler's cylinders. Kerr was one of the first to describe the dual event horizons of a rotating black hole. As with Tipler's cylinders, it was possible to travel on a time-like trip through a Kerr black hole and end up in a different world line without being squished by the gravity of the singularity. The mass and gravitational field of a micro-singularity can then be manipulated by injecting electrons onto its surface. By rotating two electric micro-singularities at high speed, it is possible to create and modify a local gravity sinusoid that replicates the effects of a Kerr black hole. For those asking how come a micro-singularity doesn't swallow the Earth or want to know details about the size, stability, mass, temperature and resulting Hawking radiation from such a thing, Those details I must keep to myself. Yes, you can travel into the future, and it takes less energy than going into the past. The computer system is connected to the unit through an electrical bus. There are actually three computers linked together that take the same signals from the gravity sensors and clocks. They use a border error correcting protocol that checks the integrity of the data and trips the VGL system. Yes, you'll remember me if you want to. World lines do not change that way and I will only become an insignificant part of your history. November seventh, 2000, at 9.23 p.m. Yes, I believe in Jesus Christ, and we pray to God in churches. There are some differences you may be interested in. Religion is a major part of people's life in 2036. Pain and change tend to bring people together and closer to God. However, religion is far more personal than it is now. There are no huge, centralized religions, and people talk openly about their beliefs. It might also interest you to know that the day of worship is Saturday, the day God meant to be the Sabbath, and the Ten Commandments have been restored to the ten that God gave us. Life is much more rural in the future, but high technology is used to communicate and travel. People raise a great deal of their own food and do more farm work. Yes, compared to now, we do work long hours. After the war... "'My father made a living selling oranges "'up and down the west coast of Florida. "'My closest friend raises horses, "'and another works for a company "'that maintains wireless Internet nodes. "'Life has changed so much over my lifetime "'that it's hard to pin down a normal day. "'When I was 13, I was a soldier. "'As a teenager, I helped my dad haul cargo. "'I went to college when I was 31, "'and I was recruited to the time travel "'shortly after that. "'Again, I suppose an average day in 2036 is like an average day on the farm. Yes, there is a post office. The internet is still alive and well in the future. People spend more time talking because life is more centered on the community. I've noticed the same type of effect here when the power goes off. People tend to come out of their homes and actually spend time with their neighbors. There's a lot more personal trust and less paranoia. When I'm with my parents, I live in a community made up of tree houses on a large river in Florida. The river floods sometimes and we have access to the Gulf. Most of our neighbors make a living off the sea or in moving cargo by boat. There is a civil war in the United States that starts in 2005. That conflict flares up and down for 10 years. In 2015, Russia launches a nuclear strike against the major cities in the United States, which is the other side of the civil war from my perspective, China and Europe. The United States counterattacks; The U.S. cities are destroyed along with the AFE, American Federal Empire. Thus we, in the country, won. The European Union and China were also destroyed. Russia is now our largest trading partner, and the capital of the U.S. was moved to Omaha, Nebraska. No new information there on UFOs and aliens. I find that an interesting subject myself. Personally, I think UFOs might be time travelers with very sophisticated distortion units, but that might be a bit wacky. One of the biggest reasons why food production is localized is because the environment is affected with disease and radiation. We are making huge strides in getting it cleaned up. Water is produced on a community level, and we do eat meat that we raise ourselves. Yes, genetic engineering is used, but it's like any other technology. It can be good and bad. One thing we did not do was create more hybrid seeds. What are people thinking? I am a Christian agnostic. I do not believe faith alone is enough to get us back to God. I'm not sure what happens when we die, but I'm pretty sure it's not a walk in the park. Question. What future technologies can we look forward to? I hesitate to answer, but I'll give a bit. Hydrogen fuel cells and more efficient solar cells are big deals. Computer technology and software get much better. My greatest joy is sailing. For fun, I enjoy swimming, playing cards, reading, playing games on the net, and talking with people who live in other countries. As a community, we celebrate much more and have bonfires and dances. My hobby is sorting through old magazines and videos of life before the war. After the war, early new communities gathered around the current universities. That's where the libraries were. I went to school at Fort UF, which is now called the University of Florida. Not too much is different except the military is a large part of people's life and we spent a great deal of time in the fields and farms at the university or fort. Most of my memories growing up are not fond. Life was very hard. Simple things make me happy, like hugging my mother and father. Yes, we have cameras, more digital. Film is used like painting is today. No hologram camera, though. Yes, we have phones, but the service is through the web. Most power generation is localized. It amazes me how much power is wasted now. Yes, solar is big. There is thought that a singularity generator could also be used, but most people are against it. The elderly are highly revered and looked after on a community level. So are orphans. There is always something people can do, no matter what. The idea of avoiding work is looked down on. Everyone pulls together to keep the community strong." Hats are more common in the future, and flashy colors are less common. Dress is much more functional, and we dress up whenever we get a chance. I have noticed that no one in this time dresses for occasions even when they have the clothes. Why do people wear shorts to church? We do not spend nearly the amount of time on our hair as people do now. Women like to wear their hair longer, and men have it much shorter. Both sexes shave it all off when they're in active military service. Far less medical treatment in the future, even though it's more advanced. People die when they know it's their time to die. No lasers. Genetic medicine and cloning organs are the obvious new texts in the future. The Constitution was changed after the war. We have five presidents that are voted in and out on different term periods. The vice president is the president of the Senate, and they are voted separately. We have cars, just not a whole bunch of them. There is public transportation from city to city. November 7th, 2000, 10, 18 p.m. If I could bring some material thing back to your time from 2036, it would be a copy of the new U.S. Constitution. Yes, you could travel to a future that was .5 seconds ahead of now, but that was my machine. Question. If you arrived a fraction of a second in my past or future on another world line, would I ever know that you arrived? Answer. No, you would not. But the you on that world line would. It is believed there is some sort of measurable quantum differences in world lines. I'm not an expert on that, so I can offer little information. November 8, 2000 1027 Can you explain what the purpose of time travel is on your world line? In 2036, a great deal of effort is going into repairing our environment. I was sent to 1975 to get a computer system and take it back to 2036. Time travel is not a secret in 2036, and I expect it will become more common. Why is time travel used? Right now, it's used to get information or items that would be helpful in getting a post-World War III world back to a normal condition. There are seven other time travelers in my unit. Question, where do time travelers go the most? Right now, most of our practical missions are from 1960 to 1980, There is a great deal of research into later and future periods, but the farther you go, the lower the divergence confidence of the world line. Question. You said there is more than one time machine. Are they all being used? Answer. Yes. Question. What type of vehicle will you get to go back in since you sold the other car? Answer. It's a 1987 four-wheel drive. The vehicle needs a strong suspension system to handle the weight of the distortion unit. Question. Are you able to take other people with you when traveling in time? Answer Yes. If you're interested, you can catch a lot more questions and answers at Titor, com. Hope you enjoyed it. Among other things, John Teeter, Time Traveler Zero, left us with some good advice, and here it is 1. Do not eat or use products from any animal that is fed and eats parts of its own dead. 2. Do not kiss or have intimate relations with anyone you do not know. 3. Learn basic sanitation and water purification. 4. Be comfortable around firearms. Learn to shoot and clean a gun. 5. Get a good first aid kit and learn to use it. 6. Find people within 100 miles that you trust with your life and stay in contact with them. 7. Get a copy of the U.S. Constitution and read it. 8. Eat less. 9. Get a bicycle and two sets of spare tires. Ride it 10 miles a week. And 10. Consider what you would bring with you if you had to leave your home in 10 minutes and never return. Thanks for joining us at 1001 Heroes, Legends, Histories, and Mysteries Podcast. We appreciate reviews, especially from you Apple listeners, for 1001 Heroes. So if you can take just a few extra minutes and send us a review, it would be greatly appreciated, and it helps new listeners find us. We also appreciate your support at patreon.com, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com forward slash 1001 Stories Network. For about the price of a blended cup of coffee, you can help our 1001 podcast become 2001 podcast. Our Patreon supporters pledge about the cost of a cup of blended coffee every month to help us go forward, and we appreciate their help so very, very much. Please share our show with others, and we'll return next Sunday night at 8 p.m. Eastern Time. Until then, everyone, stay safe, and we'll be back soon.